What's going on, everybody? My name is Tristan, and you're about to watch the Bethel Moments podcast. But before we get into this, make sure you subscribe, comment, and share. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode seven of the Bethel Moments podcast. Today, we have my friend and my like pastor when I was younger, when I was going through everything before I really accepted Christ. And he spoke into my life more than anything. He gave me my start, and his name is Hector Lopez. And my gosh, this man is amazing. And something he told me growing up that I've always remembered is we are not judging people. We are Jesus people. And I want you guys to remember that as well. But he's here to speak to us on anxiety. And um, yeah, I'm going to give you the floor, Pastor Hector. Oh, my gosh, Tristan. Tristan. Okay, so we were talking before this. And I'm just so thankful for you and what you're doing here. And uh, so crazy. I, I saw your Uh, Bethel moment stuff on Instagram and I'm like oh my gosh this is incredible and I'm just so thankful for the what the Lord was doing through you man um yeah today we're just going to talk about anxiety and um do I just go like okay cool 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 just making sure um yeah so uh so we're just gonna be talking about anxiety and I just have a couple thoughts really um one of the main things that um I think we we all kind of go to immediately in our minds uh, is in Matthew. And when we go to Matthew 6, um, 34, we, we see this moment where he says, this is Jesus speaking, and he's just had this huge sermon. He's talked about all this stuff, and, and finally he says this. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Um, honestly, I know the, the top is, is really anxiety, but I think, uh, internally I've kind of come to understand that the battle, the, the contra our counterpoint, if you will, is trust, mm-hmm. um, is, is understanding the concept of trust. I think anxiety comes from this idea of expectations and what we expect out of every day and how we worry about our expectations being met, disappointment being met. I think uh, too much of the time uh, we get disappointed with a lot of stuff that happens in our lives or things that we're called to, and and that causes a little bit inside of us to worry and to to get really angsty and 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 scared. And um, something that that kind of came to my mind is the story of Jonah. And so in Jonah, um, I think about the fact that this guy, and I, I'm turned to it right now. I'm going to reference a couple scriptures in it, but. Um, I think about the fact that this guy was called to a people that he didn't like, that his his country didn't like. And so he's called to these people, and he's he's kind of worried that God will save them. That's like the worry inside of him. He's like, dang it, I know God's going to save them. That's exactly why I don't want to go, because he's got this great plan for them. And it's just not what he's expecting. It's not what he's wanting, but this is what God's wanting. And so in his leaving, he's, he's actually on his way out trying to go the opposite direction. He's on a boat. And like we start looking in, in verse 11 and verse 12 of the first chapter that the seas are getting crazy. The seas are getting really restless. And he actually tells the people that he's on the boat with that they're supposed to pick me up and throw me into the sea um, and it will calm. And so to him, he's saying, guys, this is my fault. I know this is all my fault. This is happening because I'm running the other direction. And so he starts running the other direction. He goes into this fish after he gets thrown in and he's still trying to change his heart about 
what he's desiring and what God's intending. Um, at the very end of the story, a lot of people don't read through past the fish part of the story. Um, but at the very end, um, Nineveh is saved. And there's this whole bit, and if I would encourage you guys to read it, this whole bit in chapter four where he's angry. He's angry that this even happened. The result of exactly what he thought would happen, that's what happened. And the entire time he's like, he's, he's doing this internal struggle to get to this last point where he's like, man, why did this even happen? I'm, I'm, I'm ticked. And it, it brought me to this idea that I think sometimes our anxiety comes from a place of not trusting God. Our anxiety comes from a place of feeling like, I want this to go this way. It's not going that way. Okay, I'm freaking out. I'm fighting. I'm going the other direction. I, and it doesn't have to be. A lot of times we think about fighting God and we just think, oh, I'm fighting God on my Christianity or doing my spiritual disciplines or things that are more performance-based. I think sometimes we're fighting God just on purpose. I think sometimes we're fighting God on just pure opinion. And it's a, it's a tough place to sit because then I'm having these expectations for everything around me or for all the world around me. And I want all these things to go the way that they, they, they're pictured in my mind. And instead, they're not. And then I freak out because I'm like, God, what's the purpose of this? Well, God, in Jonah's, in Jonah's situation, why would you save those people? God, why would you do that? That makes no sense. God, why am I going through this? I'm the good one, right? I'm the one that's not supposed to go through any of this. And yet, we don't see the bigger picture that God may be creating endurance inside of us. God may be uh, creating so many other things inside of us, but we're so caught up on our expectations not being met. It's so hard to trust. And um, as a pastor, I want to kind of give a pastoral moment and say we all go through very, very tough situations. I've heard so many tough situations and things that I believe should not have happened. And that, that's very, very real. And that is people intending bad. This is the, the depravity of the world we live in totally makes sense. But I think on the other end, there's something that God can make this into. There's a, a mess that's going to become a message if we allow it to be. But I think the, the, the big struggle that we always kind of come into is, do I trust God enough with this? Going back to our original passage, in Matthew, I think of the fact that he says, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself saying, Hey, like, trust me in this, trust me in this. Like you trusted me today. You can trust me tomorrow. You can depend on me today and you can depend on me tomorrow. And this isn't the end of the world. There is so much more to the story. There's so much more purpose to all of this. And so something I was kind of sharing with you before the podcast that uh, I think is very real in, in today's age is anxiety is at an all-time high where mental health is uh, raging. And I, I think that this is these are very real situations. These are um, really great to, to talk about. Um, I, I think sometimes we think that it's like new, though. We, we think, man, this is just such a new thing is anxiety. L let me just tell you, anxiety was not created in 2010. This has been an emotion for years. I think right now we're choosing to deal with it. 
And I think that's a great step. Sometimes half the battle is just acknowledging that there's a problem and being able to put that up in front and center. But I think how we deal with it, I mean, one thing, if, if you are going to a counselor, I've gone to a counselor myself, it is great. It is awesome. And obviously, like, those things are huge. But also in the midst of all of that, knowing that the counselor is not going to fix everything, that there is going to be a point where there needs to be a trust in God. And even in, in all of that, I think when we go into the counseling office, I've gone to good counselors and I've gone to not so great counselors before. And the difference sometimes is, are we, are we covering this by saying we're trusting in God, but let's deal with the issues here. You know, like there's a covering, there's a, there's, there's something circulating around it where there's an understanding that at the end of the day, I can't control everything. They can't control everything. This world's going to keep moving on. Anxiety's still going to get bigger. But we can trust in God when things get tough, when the boat rocks, when we don't know what to do. And we can find comfort in that. Um, lastly, I'd like to end with this is I remember when, um, when I was uh, probably 22, 23 years old, um, there was a point where, and I, I don't know if you were there, I shared this one time in a message when we were in, uh, in youth, but there was a point where um, I was uh, committed to a wedding I was going to be a part of. At the time, Bria was not my wife, she was my girlfriend, and I had a few friends that were, um, were really excited about the end of the year and wanted to hang out, and they wanted to get to know Bria, and Bria needed somebody to be there for her, and then I had like two other commitments over here, and I, I felt like the the social uh, get together, if you will, like the person that was like at the center point of everything. And so I'm making sure Bria's okay. I'm sh making sure my friends are okay. I'm making sure uh, the people that are at the wedding are okay. And I'm like in the middle of all of that. And then finally, that like I'm doing this for about a week. And then I'm I, like, I think that I was trying to get some finals done, some some last minute papers in. And so all this is going on all at the same time. And finally, it hit me. And I'm in the car. Bria's in the car with me. And we're like, I'm about to pull out of the parking spot that I'm in and I start breathing harder and I start breathing harder and I, I don't know what's going on. And I'm just like, I'm being expected to go all these different ways. And, you know, obviously people pleasing is already one of my temptations. And so I feel the, the, the urge to just help everybody and be a part of everything. And finally it starts getting to me and I, I start losing breath and I don't know what to do. And I start losing breath and I don't know what to do. And I'm just, I'm at the end of myself. And I had an anxiety attack and I, I didn't know what it was. And I was just freaking out. And I thought I was okay and I wasn't okay. And um, I thought I was having a heart attack, which was even worse. Like I was like, dang, what's gonna happen? And I remember that day so distinctly because at the end of it, it was all on me. I felt like all of the dependence in everything was on me. I was the answer to everything, and I couldn't be at multiple multiple places at once. I was the one that needed to make sure that all the expectations got met. I needed to make sure everything worked out the way it played out in my head, and I couldn't. I absolutely couldn't, and I was the one that needed. I finally got to the point where everything calmed down a little bit, and I was chilling out, and I remember one of my friends, he was there and he had told me, you can't put that much pressure on yourself. 
and I think it's something that I've lived my life on is the pressure isn't on us. We're not Messiah. We're not the one meant to save everything. We can't be in multiple places at once. We can't do everything. We can't handle everyone, but there is one who can. And that's where we put our dependence. That's where we put all of our trust. And if we can recognize that, if we can focus on that, I think we'll start looking way less at ourselves and we'll start looking way more at him for answers, for calm, for trust, and for some sense of security in the middle of a very, very crazy world that many have lived in for years. And I believe that trust in Jesus is a part of a bigger picture, but definitely a huge part of the antidote that we need today. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I've, I've found myself in those situations where it's like, I feel like everything's going chaotic and I don't know what's going to happen. And um, I mean, I've had to pull over and I just start praying, you know, I'm like, God, yeah. I don't want it to go to that next level of panic, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's funny how when you ask for his peace and his presence to enter the car with you, how it floods the room, you know? Yeah. And everything seems to be quiet and still. And it makes me think of like when um, the disciples were all on the boat and they were all having a panic attack about the storm and they woke him up and he <laughs> said, uh, peace be still to the, the storm, you know? And I just feel like that if you ask God when you're having those moments to ask him to quiet the storm and bring peace to you, he will. Um, yeah. So I did have some questions for you. Um, and the first one is, how can a person overcome anxiety? Like if they're having it every single day and stuff like that. Man, that's a, that's a big question. Um, I think, I think I, I have thoughts and steps, but I, I obviously can't answer it as a whole. Like I'm not a professional counselor, you know, I don't have license for that kind of stuff, but I can say this on a theological end, on a pastoral end, what I would say is one, I think, I think counseling is a huge move. I think counseling is amazing and it's a gift that we've been given. Um, so I think one thing is, um, I, I think they call it anxiety management is different than like getting rid of it altogether is realizing, Hey, this is something we've got to manage and we've got to keep at a really, really good, um, stable ground. Um, another thing I think is exactly what you said. I think what's crazy is we think of this magical thing of prayer, like I'm going to pray and it's just magically going to go away. And then it doesn't. And then we get kind of frustrated because we're like, what the heck? Um, I think the power of prayer comes in that moment, comes from being able to look at Jesus. And so let, let's put it this way. Um, when, I'm, when I'm anxious or even in my, in, in my example of the panic attack, when I'm anxious and um, you know, I'm unstable in, in those areas, I think the thing that's going on inside of me really is I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself. I'm thinking I can do everything. And the minute that I pray, what it is is a reminder that I don't have control, that I'm not meant to have control. Because if I was, I'd be God, and I'm not. You know, I, what this is is a reminder that there is one greater than us. He can do what I can't do. It's, it's, a, it's a posturing and a, a reminder. So when you talk about that presence, I think that that's very real. 
Why is that very real? Is because when you're in the car and you're anxious and you pray and, you, and you're genuinely in prayer and you're focusing on, on him saying, and you're holding the world, you're holding everything. You can hold this. It reminds me it's going to be okay. And I think that's what's already calming me. And then the Holy Spirit starts indwelling in that, and that's in truth. And I think he starts creating a peace. And I think the other thing is, uh, dude, I mean, I don't know. You, you grew up a little bit in the ministry uh, with, with us. I, I believe so heavily that the Holy Spirit is alive and well and wants to do incredible things in our lives um, through all the gifts. But I think one of the things that we overlook is, in, like, instead of just focusing on these miraculous gifts, looking at stuff that he does, like peace, mm-hmm. just as you said it, he brings peace. Mm-hmm. He overcomes everything else that we're struggling with with joy with things that don't make sense and are very supernatural but we never see them as supernatural because we can feel them usually through a concert or a really good time or whatever but when it makes no sense and it comes in i think that's the holy spirit yeah i think that's the holy spirit um that the whole i i've started to realize that nothing is more powerful than the presence of the holy spirit like absolutely I, yeah, I've had encounters recently that I've just, I'm still thinking about, you know, like all the time, like I always want a new encounter with him because Mm -hmm. I walk out of it a different person each time, you know, and like that encounter changes you, you know, Mm -hmm. you, when you start to experience him more, no one can tell you that God isn't real, you know, because when he quiets the storm, when he takes over the situation, when he takes the reins and you surrender it to him because a lot of the times we don't surrender our problems to him and he can't take it you know yeah that's a real real thing that that right there is so real i feel like too often of the time that's the biggest problem is i'm praying but i'm praying for like an answer or saying hey god how can i handle this instead of saying how can you handle this like surrendering that and just saying it's okay you know what i don't even have to handle it if you handle it, that's actually better because <laughs> your boy's not as good as him, you know? Like, a- anyway, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so that's, that leads me on to my next question is how can someone turn all their worries and problems over to God? And I just like to know your perspective on that. I know we just kind of got into that, but yeah, I think um, letting go of responsibility that wasn't meant for you. Um, I think we we live in an expectation culture. We live in a, um, achievement minded culture. Uh, everything is, I get the money that I deserve. I get this, that I deserve all those things. Um, I think that that's counterintuitive to the faith that we live, um, because we don't deserve what we have. Uh, we're just, we're given it. Grace is unmerited favor. Um, and so I think realizing that even with responsibility, sometimes we think all of these responsibilities are on us. And especially, you know what I've noticed is this happens in ministry a lot too, is even in ministry. And if if there's somebody listening that's in ministry, can I just tell you, uh, it's not all on you. It's not all on you. Um, It's not all on how well you prepared for your message. It's not all on how well you structured it. If anything, sometimes you you could lack a little bit of preparation. You can lack a little bit of those things and find more time with Jesus and find more time in praying and fasting and see him come through greater. 
Um, and I think it, it, it's weird because that's that's counterintuitive to the way we're taught in in American Western culture is um, we, we hold on to things. And that's my response. But I, I can't let somebody down. I can't let this person down. I can't let that down. I, I think at some point you're going to have to take that closed fist and open it up and realize I can't. And isn't that the crux of our faith? Really? I couldn't be good enough. Therefore, Jesus was. I couldn't do enough. And so he did it. And yeah, we live a faith in response to that, but we never earn our salvation. And so I think just being able to take that clenched fist and if I can give the freedom to somebody today and say, you can let that go. It's not all on you. It was actually all on him and he died and resurrected for you to be free. And I feel like we still have some people living in chains. Um, and so just being able to, to let it go. And I know it sounds so abstract, meta kind of, yeah, but it really is that. It's just letting it go. Yeah, that's, that is the hardest thing to do as well. Like um, something that I experienced actually recently, we were talking about, do you ever go back to Reading? Um, so I went back during the summer to visit my uncle and I went up to Bethel to visit my student mentor and all that. Um, and I was in worship and here I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit we were at um, hard rock cafe in sacramento and my mm -hmm. uncle says to me well does god truly have control and i said um let me think on that because i had i had to really think and pray on it is god do you truly have control of everything and i was in worship praying and i felt his presence and um i'm sitting in the middle of the room on my knees and I, I heard like, like, not like the actual voice, but you know how when God speaks to you, it comes in a thought and you know, that thought isn't yours. And yeah. you're like, that, that can't be mine. He says, yeah. he says to me, um, I have control when you surrender control to me, when you give it to me, I can take control. And that, that's something because he, he wants us to um, work with him. He wants a relationship with us. And like, yeah. The, the hardest thing is, is religion likes to put a lot of structure on it. And it actually, I feel like religion sometimes kills relationship. Um, That's good. Yeah. I try to like, remember all the time is don't get too wrapped up in religion. Yeah. Ask God to be there. Like ask his opinion on it. You know, um, like yeah. not, not saying that there's not like the all theology things that are like super important to remember, like to stay in the Bible, of course, but like feeling God and asking him, what do I need to do in this situation? What, what is the next step? You know? And so he, I've, I've noticed he gives me the next step before I can even think of it, you know, yeah. and it's 90% of the time it's better for me. You know, even if I want to go, even if I want to go this way, if his way is that way, his way is going to be better, even if it doesn't look better to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes we think in the short term too often, mm. um, is it going to be good tomorrow? Is it going to be good in a year? Sometimes we won't see the realization of how good it really is until 10 years from now. Um, but he knows. He knows. And there's sovereignty there. There's there's a beauty to his sovereignty. And I going back to the anxiety thing, like if there is anyone worth trusting, it would be a sovereign God that knows the beginning to the end. And I think, yeah, I, I honestly just think it's just a beautiful thing to trust a God that actually knows how it's all going to turn out. Yeah, it's honestly, yeah. So how can, 
how, well, how should we pray when we feel anxious? We were kind of getting into that. And like, is it like we were saying, um, it's not, there's no structure on it, but like, how would you pray? Like, would you invite him into the room or would you um, just ask him to take it from you? I just kind of want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because I'm, I'm a pastor and I just wanted to uh, make sure that every, everybody saw this clearly. Um, this is called Olipop. <laughs> um, just so you know what I'm drinking. It's tonic water with strawberry and vanilla. Um, you know, yeah. making sure people know. Um, anyway, uh, I just gave Olipop a free advertisement. Um, how should somebody pray? I think I think it's less about the words you say. Because um, obviously, like, God's not sitting there waiting for you to say the magical words for everything to, to work out. I think it's about posture. And I think this is continuing. Dude, I'm like, okay, so I'm, I'm about to be 30 this year, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know why this has been, like, the latest in my head. Is I'm about to be 30, and I keep seeing myself or finding myself in these situations where – I keep saying things that my dad, so my dad's a pastor, um, it's things that my dad says that like he would say for years and I never paid attention to it. And now I'm like getting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm my father. <laughs> um, like, I feel like Luke right now, <laughs> Luke Skywalker is like, I am your father. Anyway, um, I remember he would always talk about the posture of prayer. and you know, it's not about what you say, but how you're saying it, not necessarily like how you're saying it and like what words you're saying it, but where's your heart at when you're saying it. And I think our posture in anxiety is one, recognizing that he's truly in control, two, being willing or able to let go of control. Mm-hmm. And lastly, coming with humility and recognizing who he is and recognizing who we are. Um, We are going to the almighty creator of the universe. We're going to a God that can move the heavens and the earth. We're going to the the God that made the mountains. I believe you can do anything. I think sometimes, I honestly think that sometimes we, we don't see enough happen. And people ask, why do crazy things happen in other countries? And, you know, God's moving in a crazy way in another country in, in the Western world. I'm like, because we have insurance, yeah. because we have all these different things. We don't need God. At least we don't think we do. Mm. We don't come in desperate in moments of, of trouble or anything. It's almost like he's an option. Mm. And like, yeah, you're, you're an option. Like you can fix this or my finances can fix this or my work ethic can fix this. But, you know, I want to make sure I touch all of my options and something's going to work eventually. No, he is the option. <laughs> He's the only option. Mm-hmm. And um, I think coming in with that posture of like, I'm not turning anywhere else. You're not, you're <laughs> like, you're not my side thing. You're, you're the main thing. And you're the first person I'm going to, God, and you're you're the last person I'm going to go to because only you can move the mountains. Only you can change everything. And so why would I go to anyone else? Nobody else has the kind of power you do. And also, you created me. Mm. Like, my creator has a relationship with me. 
I want to continually foster that relationship. And so I think it comes down to posture. I think it comes down to a posture of realizing that. Yeah, that, that's beautiful. So before we close, um, I'd love for you. I, so I've been learning about the testimony that we have and how it actually our testimony builds faith and ignites faith in people. So I'd love to hear your testimony. I read a little bit about it, but I just love to hear so testimony. Yep. Um, so I, I think it really starts. So this is weird, but I like I, I, I'm starting back a little bit um, before me. My dad, um, when he was 16 years old, he um, he got saved at an Assembly of God church in El Salvador, somewhere in El Salvador. I think it was like San, San Miguel or San Salvador, something like that. Anyway, so he gets saved at, at this thing, right? And um, and ends up accepting Jesus, starts preaching literally that day, which like I don't advise anybody else to do unless God's really telling you to do it. He had to go to seminary right after because um, there's just a few things that he needed to, to learn. But um, but he starts preaching literally that day. His family gets saved, everything. My grandpa got saved because of it. Uh, grandpa becomes a preacher and why why am I saying this in the middle of like my testimony is because I really think that my my testimony is generational um I think that there's legacy to my testimony um and I think that's what kind of led me down the path that I ended up down um so then out of a whole situation and everything they end up my dad ends up moving to the states they end up he ends up getting married to my mom um then they end up having me so, and I'm born in San Jose, California, and up to like 13 years old, I want to be a lawyer because uh, my dad's a pastor. And I was like, you know, I want to make some money in my life and you seem poor. So um, let's not do that. <laughs> and so then, uh, so, so then I want to be a lawyer. And then I felt like God was really pushing me toward ministry. So at 13 years old, I started preaching um, and it was the worst. Um, so I, I went up on stage and dude, like literally the worst message I've ever given. I read, I think it was like Elijah. I read the story of Elijah and I read like probably like 20 verses. And so I read 20 verses and looked at the crowd, got so nervous and said, yeah, that's what the Bible says. And then walked off stage. Um, and I went straight to the back and I cried. I was 13. So I cried. Um, and they had like a birthday cake in the back ready for me because they were celebrating my birthday. And I'm in, in the sound booth, like in tears because I bombed my first sermon. And so then um, around 16 years old, I ended up feeling a call, like a firm call to ministry. I felt the Lord tell me that um, that's what he wanted me to do. And um, and that was also the year that, and I feel comfortable enough saying this in, on this podcast is um, I, I spoke in other tongues. Um, prophetic word was spoken over me like it was just it was a whole thing dude it was church camp also so you know it's a whole thing um I come back on fire I'm like ready like, we're gonna change the world and uh and then about six months later I start having this tension with God and it's this tension of uh you know my, my grandpa was a preacher my, my dad is a pastor and so now it's just this weird expectation of like now am I gonna be a pastor is you know like is this what god's calling me to all this stuff and and, and the other thing that went through my mind was am i even going to be good at it because hmm. that like that was really like an insecurity of mine is am i only doing it because my dad did it or like is this really what god's calling me to am i just like following following in like the the rhythms of my family like what what's the deal here you know and so there's a lot of insecurity so then there's this tension where i'm 
I'm pulling away. I'm, you know, I, I wanted to go to a different church than my dad was pastoring because I wanted to figure out if I would be given opportunities, if I wasn't the pastor's son. Um, and then even then, I like part of me wanted to run. And so I, I kind of went through this weird phase of life where um, it was kind of this back and forth of, yeah, I think I'm going to do this. No, I don't think so. I'm going to go do my own thing, smoke weed, do my thing. Um, and so then, you know, even like, uh, I think I lost my virginity that year. Like there was just a lot of things that um, I was doing. And I think internally it was a, I don't know if I want to get stuck here. So I'm going to do this to make sure I'm not stuck. And I'm also an Enneagram seven, um, which just means that if you put me in a box, I want to get out of the box. And so I think part of me was also just trying to get out of the box. Um, and, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And then finally, like my life kind of came to a end of itself kind of moment. Um, I want to say when I was about 22 years old and I was 22 and I went to a youth pastor uh, up in Prescott, Arizona. He's actually in Denver now. He means the world to me. Um, and I think it was that moment where I really, like, I felt the impression of the Holy Spirit say, come on, just jump in, jump in and stay in. And so I, I met with him for coffee and I kind of just put everything on the table. I was like, dude, this is what I've done. This is what my life has been. I don't like, I don't know what to say about it all other than I know not, not all of it was right. I know some of it was even more wrong than other things. And, you know, like I, I get it, but that's me. And I would love to just help in any way I can at, at, at the church. And he looks at me, he's like, is that it? And I was like, yeah. He's like, cool. Can you start on Monday? <laughs> and he's like, also, would you like to intern? Uh, and I'm like, are you like deaf? Like, <laughs> did you not just hear everything? I just, he's like, yeah. He's like, I get it. And we can agree that that's not the life you want to live. We can agree you want to do things different. Let's just move on. Mm-hmm. Let's move forward. And it was the most amount of grace I've ever been given in my life I think up to that point growing up a pastor's kid uh growing up hearing my dad preach I thought grace was for everyone else other than me Mm. and I think that moment I realized no grace is actually for me as well um and I realized just how broken and crazy I I am personally and left to my own self I will be um and so ever since then I I jumped straight in uh just little testimony about it I, you know after that I some guy I offered to help me pay for the rest of my college so I got to graduate uh with a bible and theology degree um from uh, a, a, um, a school in Texas and uh like just doors started opening mm-hmm. and I could feel the impression of God's calling over my life and know this is where he wanted me to go mm-hmm. so ever since then man I I've been I'm really chasing after giving people opportunity, um, chasing after people being understood, being loved, being cared about, and knowing who Jesus really is, and understanding that he wants so much more for them than what they might be living. And I think most recently, one of my my biggest convictions is uh, them knowing who the Holy Spirit is, them knowing that they have access to God, and it's not just by a preacher or a teacher it's they have access to the holy spirit that can teach them and that can indwell them and um finding so much purpose in the gifts that he gives so freely 
Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, and something I want to tell you guys that I I learned. Um, first, I want to honor your testimony. That was beautiful. Um, and something I learned is that it's no longer about the man of God. It's about the God of man. And that's what we want to keep our perspective on is like, you can come to him. You don't have to go through a pastor. I mean, it helps to learn all the stuff and it really does. You can encounter him, but there's something I've had deeper encounters with God one-on-one than I have in a community sometimes, you know, now there's power in community. I'm not saying there's not, but having that one-on-one time with him is really important, I think. And it's beautiful. (laughs) Could I piggyback on that? Uh, Sorry. Just saying something that i think is is huge is i think pastors and preachers and people who teach um we get into really dangerous ground when we start believing we are the well mm-hmm. instead of the ones leading people to the well um and i think that has been a conviction in my heart especially now and you know in this age where a ton of stuff's going on um and so just to just to echo what you're saying absolutely there is a well that never runs out and it is not a pastor it is not a preacher it's not a priest it's jesus and he is an everlasting and through his holy spirit he gives us so many gifts so much to learn and we get the honor as teachers and pastors and priests and all these things we get the honor the privilege the undeserved favor to be some of the ones that get to lead them to the well but we never we never want to confuse the fact that we aren't the well it's important, important to remember. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'll shout out your youth. Is it, it's MS Elevate Youth or Mountain Springs? Oh, it's just Elevate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Elevate yeah. Youth. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, at Mountain Springs Church in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Yeah. Yep. But awesome. And I'm so grateful. Would you mind praying us out? or praying Absolutely. Absolutely. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to um, to jump on this podcast. Lord, I... I pray for every single listener today that this would not just be any moment, that this would be a catalytic moment. And Lord, that even as they're listening right now, that they hear your voice, that they hear you speak to them, that they are loved, that they are seen, that they are heard. I pray for every every person and student and person and, and, and individual that's dealing with anxiety right now or any mental health. Lord, that you would lead the right counselors to their proximity. And Lord, that you would speak into them, that you would comfort them, that your Holy Spirit would indwell that space that they're in right now. I thank you because you're a good father. And I believe that you have good gifts. And Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to speak to multiple people at the same time through these digital spaces. And I thank you for Tristan. I ask for a blessing over this ministry. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Hector. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please be sure to hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you can stay up to date with all Bethel Moments content.